Welcome to the Peter King Podcast, a bit of a special edition. I'll be giving you some of the interviews that I conduct on the weekend when I'm trying to divine exactly what happened in the National Football League. So I've got three conversations with you, two of them short, one of them a little bit longer. The longer conversation is with San Francisco 49ers general manager John Lynch about the team's temporary move from the Bay Area to Glendale, Arizona. And I'll also have uh, shorter talks with Miles Garrett, the star defensive end of the Cleveland Browns after the Browns' big victory in Tennessee, bringing Cleveland to 9-3 and and, and almost all but ensuring that they will be a wild card team in the playoffs in 2020. Also, the New York Giants, one of the hottest teams in football, believe it or not, will have Leonard Williams, their fine defensive lineman, very versatile guy having his best year in the NFL after having been a disappointment with the Jets and moving on to the Giants in 2019. You know, it's kind of funny. I was guilty of this, just like so many people. Why in the world would the Giants trade a third-round pick to get Leonard Williams? Well, I think we're seeing exactly why they would do that. Leonard Williams has been one of the big keys to the Giants' defensive revival. So we're going to start with Miles Garrett, then we're going to go right into Leonard Williams, and then finally, John Lynch, the general manager of the San Francisco 49ers. Trying to convince the outside world, you know, that you guys were really a good team. And I wonder, how did you guys look at it inside your team? Just another game to to win. You know, we had to stop you know, their, their playmakers and we had to be 1-0 by the, by the end of the day. And that's what we did. And we yeah. weren't looking at it any differently. We tried to treat everybody the same. What was your biggest advice pregame going in to try to stop Derrick Henry? Don't show up. Show up violently. Grab a body part and roll. You're trying to trying to take him to the ground. You ain't gonna do that soft with this guy. You're not gonna not gonna drag him to the ground. You gotta you gotta arrive and knock him to the ground. Yeah. That's what he's doing. He's arriving violently. No, he's trying to run guys over. He's stiff arming guys. And so you have to do the same thing. You have to make sure you're low. Make sure you uh, you knock down the hand. Are you? Proud of the way you guys kind of kept him in control, held him to sixty yards. Absolutely. Yeah. No, we kind of could have held him to less. No, we, we had a couple of plays where we allowed some leaky yardage, but no, for the yeah. most part, that, that was a, a good job. Um, you know, I wonder. You look at your team right now. You came in your first year. You're owing the team's zero sixteen. You haven't been over five hundred in any of your three years. What would you say? has been the biggest difference this year from your prior three years in Cleveland? Uh, no, just a lot, of, a lot of guys on the same page, on the same goal in mind. Nobody's playing selfishly. Nobody's playing for stats. Well, they just, you know, we're just looking to be 1-0 and to, to win the day. And that's not just you know, on Sunday. That's every day in practice competing, making sure that we're, we're there. With that, that one mission in mind, that's uh, going to the playoffs and succeeding there. Um, 
how have you liked playing for Kevin Stefanski? What has been his kind of mantra to you guys as you've gone along this year? Uh, it was a smart, tough, accountable, resilient team. And so, you know, if we do all those things, as well as being, you know, a violent football player to go out there, attack the line scrimmage, try to take the ball away, you know, trying to get every 50-50 ball on on offense, so control the, the, the line of scrimmage there and you know, running running and uh, being able to be two-dimensional so they're always off balance and all those things. So those those allow us to be as dynamic as any team in the NFL. No, we just have to make sure we're on our, our game every time we're out there. And Kevin has made sure that, you know, he's he put a, a good plan ahead of us and that we, you know, just go out there and play. It's, it's not, not much thinking, just just being out there playing, and playing on the yard. Um. Two other things. How difficult was it for you? It sounded like, you know, COVID really was uh, debilitating to you. What was what was the worst part of it? Uh, just you know, sitting there, kind of being being out for for two games. Well, <clears throat> helpless feeling, and not only being helpless to help my team, but you know, being so so weak, so tired. And just so sore, you know, that I just don't want to move. You know. My body's just hurting for no reason, and, and just random body parts. You know, headaches, eyes hurt, and you know, you're just you're just trying to, to fight for how long this thing's gonna you know, be upon you. And so I'll just, you know, just roaring to go, you know, yeah. knowing that if this were Anything else, or one contagious, one the pandemic, I'd be out there. I'd be trying to fight through it. Yeah. But just knowing that this is what it is, I just have to, just have to fight my own individual and personal battle, and uh, they'll come back ready when my numbers call. Is it difficult knowing that you guys do so much to keep COVID out of your locker room, out of your lives, and then all of a sudden you wake up one day and you've tested positive? Uh, I mean, usually, it's, at least for me, it was a shock because you know, I, I thought I was taking care of myself as well as, you know, the best of them. And you know, I was just just showing that, you know, we're not being as hygienic and as careful as, you know, as we think. At least I wasn't, and I need to be better. And, you know, if we're trying to compete with the, the best teams, we can't have anybody out because of COVID. And you know, yeah. that, that means we all have to be better. We have to, to watch who we're around and where we're at. How do you feel right now? I feel pretty dang tired, but <laughs> you know, get back home, recover a little bit, get on the peloton, and start getting my win back. Yeah, and you have you lost your any of your senses, smell, taste, anything like that? I'm almost completely got my smell back. Never lost my taste and everything else I held on to. Yeah. So you feel like a couple of weeks and you're going to be back to pretty much normal once you get your win back? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, hopefully I can, I can shorten it down to one week. And you know, by this, this Monday, I'm, I'm back to 
having my wind and being able to be out there and effective every time I'm out there. You know, Cleveland's going to be fired up to see Baltimore come in this week, and I bet you guys will be too. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. No, we're, we are Cleveland. You know, we're running the same, and you know, the love they have for us is the love we have for them, and we're going to try to make them proud. Hey, Miles, listen, congratulations. Great win for you guys, and uh, glad to see you on your feet. Yes, sir. Thank you. All the best to you. Thanks. So you guys over the last four weeks, and really maybe a little bit before then, too, going back to the New England Monday, uh, Tampa Bay Monday night game, have played really, really solid on defense. Can you just talk a little bit about you know, playing for in Patrick Graham's scheme, why does it work so well? Uh, and what is it about that scheme that you think fits you guys? Yeah, I mean, I think Pat has really been a great job with with his players and who he has. And then also just game planning against the offenses that we have to play against. So, like, we have a completely different game plan against, you know, one team this week compared to the game we have the next week. And uh, it goes to show how much he watches football and how much he studies the game. And then um, I was also talking about how how we have so many young guys on the team, like Carter, Tay, uh, Darnay, like so many young guys on the team that have been stepping up big time. And, and Coach has been doing a good job of uh, putting them in the right position. And uh, once again, like I said, just how bought in everyone is, I think it just puts confidence in, into each other. You know, I feel like I'm going to trust, I trust that my corner is going to do a good job locking down his guy. And, you know, he trusts that his D line is going to do a good job of stopping the run and getting to the quarterback. And uh, over time, you just build trust in each other and it helps you fly around and play faster. Do you, it, it, what, what, what is different about your defense this year, you think, with Patrick Graham? Um, you know, obviously, so many of the players were there last year, but you guys are. It, it, what what interests me about your team is that I watched this today, and every time Russell Wilson went back, he would look around and he would have to evade somebody. He never had a free path anywhere right. the entire day. It's like yeah. you guys had you almost had a spider web around him, you know, and so that. That to me, it's not. You don't see that against Russell Wilson a lot, and so I don't know. I guess, I, I guess I'm trying to find out what is it about sort of the scheme and what you were able to do today that is yeah. different, you think, than what other teams have done to them. Right. Uh, you know, I don't want to sound like a broken record or anything, but like I think a lot of it has to do with scheme. Obviously, I think Pat Graham is a great coordinator, but. I think majority of it has to do with, I think, how much people are just bought in. It's just the overall team energy of how we come to work every day, how we come to practice, how we take losses and how we take wins. It's like we don't listen to any outside noise. We come to work and, you know, we know what we have in the building and we just, like, are bought into each other. You know, we're not really saying... We're not reading any pats on the back out there. We're not reading any doubters out there. It's just like we know who we have in the building and we come to work every day. And I think just over time, it just creates such a good culture of hard work and, uh, you know, just grit. And I think it just it just instills a different type of mindset into the overall team that just helps you play better. What would you say was Patrick Graham's 
big sort of big lesson this week, maybe not necessarily in your game plan, or but about yeah. about Russell Wilson. I mean, he's obviously the the head of the offense, like any quarterback is. But then he's also, you know, different. You know, he can he can take over a game in four minute, two minute, end of the half, end of the game. He's just one of those type of like hero type of players that can just win the game when he needs the game more. And we knew that he was the guy that that we we're going to have to make uncomfortable to win this game. And uh, like you said, creating that spider web, um, just not letting him out of the pocket, not letting him to run around freely and do whatever he wants, uh, get some hits on him, make him uncomfortable, don't let him scramble too much. And obviously he's a good player and they have good players and are going to make plays, but that's where that grit and uh, you know togetherness and being locked in comes in, in hand when, when they make a big play, we're just like, all right, guys, let's let's keep playing and uh, stick to the game plan. And uh, I think that worked. Two other quick questions. Do you think you're playing the best football of your professional life? Uh, I mean, as far as stats go, yes. This, is, this has been one of my best seasons of, of my career so far. Um, and also, Joe Judge. For those who aren't inside, and you guys always keep everything seemingly very, very close to the vest, tell me one Tell me one thing about Joe Judge. Maybe it's a story, maybe it's a trait he has that has made him successful early on with your team. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know exactly how to say one thing. I just know uh, when we first... We got judged. We realized how hard he was on us. And then, you know, some guys were like, oh, this is hard, you know, stuff like that. But then we realized how much, you know, he cares about winning and he cares about us being successful and he cares about the team success and individual success. And, and I think eventually it's just like he just does such a good job of, like, getting guys to, like, buy in. And I think that is the most difficult part about about running a team that, that that's that big. You know, there's – so many, there's like 60 plus people on a roster that's players, you know, all, all the, all the staff and everything like that. It's just hard to, to be a leader and get that many people bought in and then in a short amount of time as well. And I think he did a good, a great job of doing that. Even when we were losing and could have fell apart, he's been doing such a great job of like keeping us together and staying locked in. I mean, you're Owen five and it looks terrible. Every, it's so incredibly negative. And then yeah. you go out and beat Washington. You're close against Philly. You probably should have beaten Tampa, and that yeah. and you've lo- and you've won four in a row. It's just, it's a great a great sign that you guys believe in what you're being taught. You know. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Hey Leonard, listen. I really, really appreciate you taking the time. Congratulations. Yes, sir. Thank you. Take care. Take a deep breath and tell me what this season has been like for you. Well, it's it's been quite a year, and, <clears throat> you know, that sounds fairly unique, but I would say that we aren't unique to that. I mean, this year has been different for everybody in the league. Um, you've, you've covered it forever, Peter, and you know how hard people work and how they put their heart and soul into this, and, and families make great sacrifices. Um, this year has been different because – it typically, you know, an organization putting on a training camp is a monumental task each and every year, but it's fairly rote. It's wash, rinse, repeat, make a couple tweaks. <laughs> Everything has been a tweak this year from figuring out how to even enter a building um, 
you know, to all the protocols that are necessary with your league, in our case with our count, well, in everyone's case with their county, um, our case, I, you know, I think having one of the, the toughest, most stringent uh, counties in the country in terms of protocols as evidenced by, you know, when you watch our games, you see Collinsworth and Michael wearing masks and, and um, you know, it's, and, and it's, so everything has been different about this season. Um <clears throat> And, um, you know, at, at, at times I feel like a, a COVID compliance officer rather than a general manager of a football team, but uh, yeah. that's, that's what the job is called for this year. I can't tell you it's been the most fun year, but um, I can tell you that it was a real fun locker room when we beat the Rams because just like you said, I think we crawled our, you know, we have, we have life now. And um, I don't know in my time here if I've ever been more proud, not just of our players, especially of our players, but of our whole organization, uh, you know, coaches, staff, because, you know. We, That's saying something. You got to a Super Bowl last yeah, year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but just the, the resolve. I mean, the way that message came down and, um, you know, every – every opportunity to have a lot of excuses for why we, you know, if we didn't show up and play well. And, and instead, I think at the same time, we were feeling like, you know what, we're starting to get some guys back. We were, we were, we were getting guys back. Um, you know, some of these guys were coming off the COVID list from our, from our uh, little uh, COVID situation we had after new Orleans. Thankfully we had the bye week in there to give us a buffer because it, had we had to have, uh, play the week before, that would have been very tough. Um, but we got some of those guys back, and, and uh, just, you know, they, the way that everybody uh, focused on what we can control. You know, I got on the, uh, I got on the, on the plane uh, to go to L.A., and basically on the bus ride, we had, we had, you know, our fate had been delivered to us, which was, I guess, we were still trying to figure it out that we not only could we not play, we had to find a new place to operate, to practice and whatnot. And at the same time, we were learning it, our players were learning it. And, and you know, there you could kind of feel it on the bus, on the plane, everyone, there was just a lot of, lot of chatter. And so, I, you know, Kyle and I look at each other and say, I got to, I got to get on and say something. And the message was just simply, hey, guys, we're learning this just as you are right now. And um, this was on the bus or on the plane? This is on the plane. You know, I got on, yeah. I asked the, the lead uh, flight attendant, you know, who's always with us on our charters, hey, can I get on and make an announcement? And so once everyone got settled, I just said, hey, here's the situation. We're all learning it real time. Uh, you know, it's there's a lot of ramifications to it, but we'll focus on that. You guys, you know, we preach all the time having each other's back. We preach all the time focusing on what we can control. Uh, this is the ultimate test of that. But here's our commitment to you. We will find a situation that works and works well. And we'll look long and hard. We'll look at everyone and we'll find the best one. A lot of people are working on it, you know, real time as we speak. I don't have the answers, but you guys focus on taking care of business in this game. And then that will make, you know, the coming weeks a lot more fun for everyone. And, and to their credit, they did it. And, uh, you know, like I said, I, I think it is the most proud I've been of, of, uh, of the entire organization. Um, so it was, it was pretty cool. Let's start there. Um, did you, you had obviously been in some discussion with Santa Clara 
through the course of the year, I take it, did this did this truly come as a surprise when they made that announcement? It did. Um, it did. We had, I mean, we had spent the previous week basically selling to our guys this idea that they wanted us to, um, you know, things were getting worse in our county. Um, and, uh, you know, the county had, had spoken with us about putting our guys in, I hate using the word bubble, but uh, but for lack of a better term, a soft bu- bubble where the ask was essentially, you know, our guys come to practice and go home. We, you know, outdoor dining was still available in California at the time, but they didn't want our guys doing that. They didn't even want us going to the grocery store, um, things like that. So that took a lot of convincing with our guys. But, you know, the alternative they understood was having to go elsewhere. They didn't want to do that. So, um, that's what we had spent the previous week talking to. And so that's why our players were looking at us so strange when this happened. Like you, and I don't, you know, I don't want to, there's been a lot of back and forth with the, the county. And I, you know, I thought Kyle and our players did a nice job of being classy, but also talk, telling how they were feeling after the LA game. And I, I think the county didn't take kindly to that, but I mean, the reality, we've had a real good working relationship with our county. We've understood that they're, and that's actually, I think, helped us along the way because our standards and our protocols have been even tougher than that of the rest of the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I think we've done a pretty good job. I'm really proud of the way we've we've handled it. We've done our best. And but yes, when when they called and uh, or they didn't call when we saw the press conference and you know uh, you know start to try to digest what that meant, that that came as a complete surprise. And where were you when you first heard of it? Were you on the bus? Were you still at your facility? Where Where were you exactly? I the first time I heard of it, um, I didn't even know what I was hearing. Bob Lang had said that he had just got a call from one of our beat writers. I think it was Cam Inman with the Mercury News saying that he hears they're going to have a press conference here in a half hour announcing some more stringent protocols that will have an effect on pro sports, maybe even shutting us down in our county and i said no we've been talking with them all week about you know the other deal the you know so I'm like don't worry about that and then sure enough we're on the bus and the, the, the news started trickling out and then i got a call from al guido uh, our team president yeah. who's really been the lead you know point of contact with the county um since the season started i had been involved in a lot of the calls and all that uh you know, prior to the season to get our plan ready. But once the season started out, it's kind of taken the lead and Al said, yeah, we, we, we've got some work to do. They, uh, they apparently are shutting us down. So, um, you know, we started making calls, started brainstorming, um, you know, had a, had a little meeting in the front of the plane on, on options. Um, you know, we had started some conversations, you know, weeks prior, just because we knew we had a County where, you know, we knew a spike was coming uh, with Thanksgiving and all that. We just, you know, the league, um, we, Al and myself have been having conversations, but we were really thinking to play, not to, not to practice yeah. all that. So the game changed, and so we had to, we had to move move quickly. And now here we are. Uh, Who was just, there in front of the plane talking? You, Al, and um, Al wasn't there. I was on. The oh, phone. he wasn't. But Al didn't come. You know, he's not in the essential 70 or whatever. Uh, yeah. Jed, Jed was there. Kyle. But Ky- 
I told Kyle, you focus on the football game and, you know, we'll, we'll go to work on all this. And, um, and then it was our logistics teams, the guys, Steve Risser and Mike, Michael Slap and Steven Spence and, you know, those guys. And, and then on the phone with Al and started just yeah. ideas and whatnot. Um, and I would assume you considered sort of all the usual suspects, uh, Oakland, because that was close, San Diego, all that. But because of California, all that was problematic? That's right. I mean, we wanted to stay close, um, you know, because there was also this, you know, all this was new to us, but this thing about if, you know, if you stayed within 150 miles, you know, or if you go outside of 150 miles, they would require a a 14 day quarantine coming back in, you know, so yeah. we left. So there were a lot of dynamics and I think there were con- uh, conversation with, with some of the local counties and whatnot. But um, each time we just ran into political, yeah. uh, you know, issues in San Diego, they were great. I mean, the, the mayor down there, um, the mayor down there was, was tremendous. And, you know, they offered us a nice, set up at, at USD, you know, but, uh, ultimately this is the one that made the most sense coming to, coming to Phoenix where a stadium was right here. The Cardinals yeah. had done training camp here. You know, you have to have these Eider plans. I never knew anything about those before this year, but uh, an, an Eider plan. And so the Eider plan was essentially written and, and, um, you know, had been, been vetted by the Cardinals going through an actual training camp. So it made a lot of sense for a lot of reasons. There's more challenges, you know. You see right away when you come here, a um, lot more uh, incidents um, of of COVID. I mean, there's uh, uh, right. a much higher infection rate than what we're accustomed to, and then everything a lot more temptation because everything's open here. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. You go into restaurants, they're full, and you look out the parking lot here where we're staying, and there's a mall and it's full. So. Um, We've we've done our best to communicate with our team and say, hey, we've got a great opportunity. It's it's on you guys. It's your team. But we got to keep this keep this thing going by staying healthy. That's the crazy thing of all, because my understanding uh, from talking to the league is that because this is your home site, in a normal week, if you're at a road game at a hotel, it's very very strict. You know, you can't go out. You can't go out to dinner. All that stuff. But here, because you have simply relocated your home venue, players have more freedoms than they normally have, right? That's right. Um, yeah. So, like the night before, you know, we we kind of asked our guys internally. We we said, look, we are not going to enforce this because we can't. Um, but for the first week, you know, let's 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 go to the hotel. Let's get our feet underneath us. You know. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think some of the guys with families that wanted to get their families down right away have done Airbnbs and you know houses and and but like in, like you just said in talking to the league, number one, I don't think we could enforce it. Number two, I don't think we wanted to. You have to give the freedom and and trust at some level that yeah, this is our new home and and uh, you know we can't expect guys to want to be away from their families for you know extended durations. That's a very personal decision, and so some right. guys bring their families right away. Some, you know, some guys are waiting for Christmas week, but there's, there's definitely some inherent challenges and and we're aware of those. We just, we're trying to best navigate them. How, how angry were your players? Would you say, Um, you know, it was filtered very nicely 
when they talked to the media. Uh, but how angry were they, and how did you handle that? I don't think angry is the word. I think uh, I think uh, just a lot was happening at uh, um, a lot in a in a very short time, and they understood that. And uh, I really do commend them because you didn't hear a lot of chitter chatter, you know, at the team. You know, now everything was everything was Zoom in L.A., but, like, there weren't, um, as you were on the buses, as you were in the locker room, guys were focused on the game. So I'm sure it was on their mind that they did a really nice job, and I think, you know, very appreciative that they, they showed trust in us that, you know, we would – that's one thing, you know, Jed, he always provides any resource to, to you know, and so our commitment was, hey, we'll, we'll come up with a nice alternative, the best that we possibly can, and then – yeah to arrive here in Phoenix and, and, you know, when we arrived, um, you know, our logistics teams, our video team had done such a tremendous job. I mean, we were up and running like right away and uh, yeah. didn't, didn't miss a beat. So it was a monumental undertaking and they've done it really well. And, and then, you know, you, you can't kind of revel in that. You got a, you got a very good football team coming in here in the bills. And yeah. the one thing I'll tell you, we've had a very very good week of practice, and uh, yeah. that's been encouraging. Their, their minds are in the right place. So you have at this building, I've, I've been in there several times. Whenever I cover the Cardinals, they're over at the Renaissance, and so I'm very familiar. It's a monstrous hotel. It is, And yeah. you, you got plenty of room. So Bob Lang said you made one-third of it into a weight room, one-third of it into a training room one-third of it into a locker room, and then you're adding elsewhere in the building 5,000 more square feet to have a second weight room. Is that correct? Uh, that's that's so back on the, like, in the far area, if you're familiar with it, that's where the yeah. weight is, that's where the training room, and yeah. that's where the locker room is. Um, I, I'm not sure what Bob's referencing in terms of the new weight room. Huh. Okay, so but yeah. but anyway, that's it's fair to say a third of it is a weight room, a third is the training room, and a third is the locker yeah. room, right? And then that hallway, if you're familiar, running yeah. down there is where all the coaches, you know, these are big spacious rooms where the coaches' yep. offices are, um, and um, you know we have our meal room, we have our our testing site right at, right there in that same hallway. But it is, I mean, do you have your same testers with you? Or do do you get do you have testers from Phoenix? The, the core of our bioreference team is here. Um, you know, there's okay. there, there's two or three people down there I, I haven't seen, and I'm just gotten to know this week, so they must be from Phoenix. But the core of our group, I'd say one, two, three, four, four or five of our testers are with us. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and. And then the one other thing logistically about this is that do you feel like as awkward as this is, here you are on Sunday, what exactly has the practice week and the lifting schedule and all of that been like compared to what it would have been had you, uh, you know, had you been in Santa Clara? Yeah, that that was our challenge to make it as as normal as possible. I mean, that was our directive to our team. And I will tell you, um, my my respect for Michael Bidwell was already immense. But 
he and that organization, you know, they're they're division rivals and they're right in the thick of this thing. But what what he's done to make this happen, and you know, the the first day we were here, um, I uh, I stepped on the practice field. I wanted to go walk it and see where. So I go out there and and um, I was with a couple members of our logistics team who had advanced the uh, the yeah. site and. Uh, you know that guy. I wish it, I knew his whole name, Andy, but he's their groundskeeper, their their lead groundskeeper. He's there on his knees at like seven fifteen a.m. and it's cold out, like with two other people, and he's putting up our goalposts. And he's grinding. Wow. And they had practice that day. And I said, "Hey, man, I you got to you got to take care of your own team. I appreciate you being here. We'll we'll figure this out." And he said, "No, Mr. Bidwell said treat these guys like you're, they're our team." And so wow. I mean, it's been. It's uh, kind of heartwarming that, and a great example that this is a, a partnership and we're all in this thing together. And so they've been tremendous. But back to your question, yeah, I think it has. That's pretty incredible, really. I, yeah. I didn't know that. That's that's yeah. fantastic. Good for him. Yeah, it really is. And, yeah. and uh, that was right from the jump. I mean, he. I know Jed talked with him, uh, I think, maybe even Sunday night. And uh, he just said, hey, if, if our place is what you choose, just know you'll have – you know, our people will go out of their way to make it. And then, you know, their actions have, have reflected that. It's been incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, our weight our weight equipment is theirs. I mean, they, we we shift a lot down, but the racks and all that, I was like, where did we get all this? And they said, well, the Cardinals lent it to us. <laughs> uh, wow. Camp and so they've been phenomenal. Um, but, yeah, every, everything has been, um, I won't say normal, that because yeah. nothing's been normal this year, but you know, probably helped that you know everything's virtual right now, so all our meetings are virtual, so that's not yeah. that different. I I just think the the legwork that our video staff. I mean, I know the first two nights they pulled, I think they were 4:30 in the morning, you know, both nights, you know, with our IT staff and logistics getting everything set and and such that the players would never notice. Um, yeah. You know, there's one scene during practice. We we essentially have one field, and then there's some some other fields like, but they're not level. And that and the Cardinals grounds guy, I want to put your guys on that other than straight ahead. So, like during one on one in practice, so corners are covering receivers, and then uh, linebackers and safeties covering running backs and tight ends. <laughs> the offensive linemen were kind of looking for a place. And I look out of the corner of my eye and Kaserik and John Benton had run their guys out to that place where the Cardinals uh, uh, groundskeeper had said, don't put your guys on there. So I'm sprinting over there going, no, you know, I didn't want someone to get hurt. So we brought yeah. them back and then, you know, they're going, where the hell do we go? So, I mean, there's, there's been some instances like that, but you know, we, we understand we have to, we have to be, you know, uh, adapt you know just adapt in every way and so that's what our guys did they found a little corner of the field and they so there have been moments like that but otherwise um you know it's i think it's it's not normal but it's uh we've operated and i think operated at a high level this week um <laughs> i need to ask you some history questions about your season okay um so would you say that in training camp, um, you know, you talk about the difference. It's different even walking in your building now because of the testing and, and all that stuff. 
Was there anything in training camp that was at all a welcome to 2020 moment for you, uh, either COVID-related or just the weirdness of this season? And if there isn't one, that's fine, but I'm just sort of fishing a little bit. I, I don't want to make – you know, I wish I had a, a great illustration um, of that. But, you know, I remember for us, you know, like – there was a challenge everyone tells and the, the history states how tough it is to come back from losing a Super Bowl. So we had that already going for us, you know, right. You, you lose, we did, but we, we, we kept our team intact as much as we could, but we did lose to Forrest Buckner and Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah. You know, and you're making decisions. You could go way back to the, you could go with 90 um, on your roster, but then they, the league told you how you broke it up or you could go with 70. Yeah. So we go with 70 but we had a lot of guys have off-season surgeries and were on the PUP list, so we really went to camp with, if I'm not mistaken, it was 61 or 62 guys. And so then there was this conundrum, you know, Kyle and the coaches feeling like we got to press these guys because we got to push them because they got to get calloused in a short amount of time and get ready to play football. But then also understanding not only have we gone from 90 to 70, we've gone really in our case that we had 62 available players. So, I, you know, I had this queasy feeling the whole time. It's just, gosh, we're really stuck between a rock and a hard place. So how you, how do you get your team ready, but also not kill them? And so we tried to meet in the middle. But, you know, it's my belief that a lot of our injury, which has been historic, you know, it, it, I think we started in a deficit and then it never stopped. It never relented. And there's always a trickle yeah. down. You know, this guy now is playing linebacker and all four special teams. <laughs> you know, yeah. so that. There is always a trickle, and I, we felt that from the beginning. And was that, the Jalen Hurd injury re- related to this at all, or was that just a fluky, freaky thing? That was a you know fluky, freaky thing. So yeah, you know, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, can you just tell me the story about the MRI truck breaking down on the way to the Greenbrier? <laughs> well, um, I you know I knew when we went to the Greenbrier you know, that it was, there were very nice facilities. I talked to people from other teams, but in our yeah. plan, I just knew that there were some inherent challenges. Like we had to have a, for emergencies, you had to have a helicopter there, you know, at all times so that if, you know, if there was an emergency on the field, the closest trauma center, I think it's not within the amount of miles that the league requires. So that was part of the deal. And then uh, somebody, one of the teams, maybe the Saints had made the suggestion that, you know, we we did end up bringing our MRI truck in because it is difficult to go into town and stuff. So yeah, uh, you know, we had that that massacre in in uh, in the meta, you know, in, in uh, New York with all our guys going down. And you know, I said, well, that's I'm glad we got that MRI truck, you know, because that will help. <laughs> and then I find out, well, we got a problem. The MRI MRI truck never made it. And I said, what? <laughs> you know, so um, you know, but like you do with everything this year, we, we figured it out. And, and a, a local hospital was incredibly accommodating and got our guys in. It yeah. took longer, but I mean, you're, you're, you got big concerns. Nick Bosa, you know, you're one of your best players in your franchise is, uh, you know, you're waiting to find out the, the fate of like, we, we had a pretty good idea. It wasn't good, but yeah, you want to find those things out. So that was, uh, <laughs> that was there. And, yeah, I, I, re- I remember that was uh, one of many challenges of 2020. 
And so you found out about Bosa definitively, would you say, late Monday, or do you remember when it was exactly? Yeah, I, think, I think late Monday, he and Solomon yeah. Thomas. They were like, typically you get all your information, you meet with your doc, you know. Uh, I would usually say around Monday at, Monday at noon, you know, um, and it's kind of comprehensive. Okay, here's this, this, and this. Well, this day it was like some of them even went into Tuesday, and so we were just waiting. Right on information yeah. had a lot of guys hurt and you know so um can you tell me the story of Kendrick Bourne and the positive negative negative positive whatever that was and then losing Trent Williams and IU because of that yeah well I think uh you know that I think I was the first well no we had had we had had uh, some guys earlier in the season, you know, with the pod. Yeah. But, but Kendricks was just all over, and, like, really nobody could I, – I, I think there's a, a level of uniqueness to this season that, you know, our our, uh, our league is doing incredible. I mean, these uh, – what do they call that? Genomic epidemiology where yeah. they basically trace yeah. every single – but I, I know on that one they were at a little bit for a lo- of a loss. I think they had had some – some uh, configuration of a of a positive and a negative and a negative, but never never like the one he had. So I think it was it was unique and like we couldn't figure it out. But uh, you know, I I think that was a great learning lesson because some of the contact, you know, there 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 was some um, you know with the when they started doing all the interviews as to why we lost Trent Trent and Ayuk. Uh, you know, I don't want to get into all that because they ask us to keep it private and it's probably in our best interest. But, you know, we, we find out we're not playing with a couple of our best players. And, you know, the, a, lot of, a lot of people were upset that, uh, you know, it wasn't. I don't, I don't blame you because then it turns out that he probably was negative. Right. And then, and then a couple of days after the game, he finally does test positive. So, I mean, yeah. That's the weird. That's the, really the weirdest thing about all this. And I've talked to Sills a lot about what you just mentioned about this whole the sequencing of this thing and how there are different strains of it. And and that is especially because at that time, that's a month ago or whatever it was, and they weren't as good and as smart as they are right now. Like they they oh, knew that the Ravens thing was dying down. I mean, I've heard a lot of level of detail from Dr. Sills, but Dick Cass explaining there were four strains in our building. I three, couldn't believe that. I couldn't I mean, believe that. Yeah. 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 Um, so just let me just ask you about playing that game, lining up on that Thursday night, short week, weird week anyway, and – you play that game and you just find out the day before, right, that you're not going to have your left tackle and one of your key receivers. Of all the challenging things, I would think that would have been a pretty challenging moment for you and and for Kyle. Yeah, you know, I think that uh, in this league you become accustomed to you better have a plan A, a plan B, a plan C. Um, But when you – when you get um when you find out so late in a week um that you don't have an opportunity, all our practices were over i mean we we didn't have any opportunity yeah. to 
you know, the game plan had been set for Brandon Ayuk to be a big part of it. Trent Williams was lining up at left tackle all practice week. And then, so, you know, it's, uh, again, we aren't alone. It's happened to other teams. But next thing you know, you know, we're, you, you start going through, okay, here's the guys we're going to bring up off the practice squad. They're not moving the game. We got to roll. And, uh, you know, the Packers got us that night. So, yeah. Was... So, here you are, you sit here right now, you've got a month left in this bizarre season. Strangest thing of all is that in the unlikely event that they take this thing away, that they allow you to come back on December 21st, four days later on Christmas afternoon, you'd have to get on a plane and fly back to Phoenix to play the Cardinals. <laughs> yeah. That's the weirdest thing of all, John. you got to admit that. No, and our players figured that out. We got it. We had a meeting right when we got here, uh, Kyle and I. We got 20 players, and that's where Kyle talked to them about their mental health because, right. you know, Kyle's very aware of that stuff. And you know, being locked in a hotel and you know, um, not having your family around the holidays, you know. But one of the things that came from our players could, you know, it was, it was interesting. I thought we'd get all kinds of different questions, and the, one of the first questions is, "Look, we've been talking as a group." Because we had kind of said, we'll see after the 21st, after this order. Like, at that point, you, you're you going to be with your families on Christmas. We're making that commitment to you on that week, whether it's up there or if we have to still be here or someplace else. And the one thing our players said, could you just call that now rather than wait around for our county to see? Because they were like, like, look, we're not, we don't know much about this county, but I don't, we don't see us <laughs> allowing us back in. Yeah. Um, could we just make the call now so that we could make plans to stay here? And I said, you know, of course, absolutely. We were kind of doing that for you to give you hope that we might be able to go home. And they just said, look, we're going home for three days. Let's just let's just come back here. At that point, we can bring our families if we choose. And so that, you know, yeah. I was proud of them for figuring that out. <laughs> and said, absolutely. That's really cool. That's very, very cool. Yeah. So even if the county opens up, you probably that week will have your players will have Christmas in in Phoenix and then play the game. That's correct. A, ro- a road game where you yeah 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 I get it. I think the the one situation you know I I won't say hopeful I have no idea but like the last week of the season where we play the uh, the Seahawks you know at that yeah. point we we welcome the ability to go home but we'll see. Right, but, I get it. I get it. John, you know Tony Dungy once said some kind of words like uh, you got to be comfortable in an uncomfortable situation or, or something like that. And, you know, this has got to be something that you guys as an organization have to be just saying, you know, kind of nobody cares. Nobody cares about your problems. Nobody cares about anything. We got to play these games now. I mean, is that sort of, would you say yeah. that's your attitude? Yeah, I think it is. I think it's we care internally, and we want to help you every place we can help you. But we gotta, we gotta, we we talk a lot about. I got your back. It's a it's a slogan. Mm-hmm. You know, guys, it's just a slogan. We talk a lot about. It. It's just a slogan unless you live it, and that's why I think we were so proud. We talked about focusing on what you can control. I think we did a tremendous job of that down in L.A. with so much up in the air, and you know. Rightly so, family members, you know, asking a lot of questions and, you know, like, just give us, give us your attention this week and then we'll answer every question. And we, 
we will uh, we will have a great setup for you. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they trusted us on that. And, um, you know, it, it's made this week a lot more bearable. And our organization from top to bottom has done an unbelievable job making this seem as sleek, seamless as it can. And so now our challenge, but yes, we care about your issues and we'll, we'll address any we can. But in the outside world, nobody else does. <laughs> In an odd way, in an odd way, having been at that place, and Kyle mentioned it on his radio show, which I listened to this morning on KNVR the other day, he, what's so interesting is that you can walk from your room to all of your offices, to to the weight room, to, to all that stuff. You can walk, if you choose to, you can walk from your hotel to the practice field, and of course you can walk from your hotel to the stadium. So yeah. it's ridiculously convenient in the wake of or in the wake of all this inconvenience. It's about as convenient an inconvenience as it can be. I can't believe that we're I'm standing in this hotel and the Rams and, and uh Cardinals are about to kick off. I mean literally like we were joking, should we go over there? You know, a lot of friends with people on the various staff, should we go over there and like rag the coaches? in the stadium and you know um, yeah but i think you know we're going to do our own thing here we got our walk through and all that but it is it's a very unique situation and uh yeah you know so wild hey john listen i really really appreciate you taking all this time especially in a situation like this thank you so much no, huh but thank you peter okay My thanks to everyone for uh, listening to this special podcast. We'll obviously have my regular podcast, which will drop Wednesday morning. Uh, Wherever you get your podcast, please listen. You know, as I sit here on Monday morning, I have no idea who my podcast guests are going to be this week. But I'm sure they're going to be fascinating. Have a great week, everyone.